on my gravestone it will say he watched more <laughs> Kickboxer than the people that made Kickboxer. I don't want my cheese puffs to get moldy and, and old and stay. <laughs> oh, I've moved on to my, my little gummy snacks now. Uh, I'm glad my concept has grasped me, so. <laughs> the hair is long and curly in this movie. Along with some good special effects, I might add. Hello everyone, welcome to Movie Freaks, the only podcast on the net that considers Skynet a more legitimate, reasonable, and compassionate contender for president than Donald Trump. I'm Eric Warner. <laughs> I'm Eugene Weaver. I'm Jess Hicks. And we're going to have a nice, fun review show tonight. We're going to do the roulette, and then we're going to catch up on our recently watched, because next episode will be the bum 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 final episode of a year-long event that has been the top 100 and we're gonna take our time on that episode and yeah uh, might not be any recently watched at all but we'll see uh so and and then i would i would say after that then we're gonna probably want to get into some heavy duty christmas movie uh, i'm i'm sure that will be most of december yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) okay uh Last episode was Mobius up against Rampage and Black Coal Thin Ice. Eugene, you have the pole position this episode. Lead the way. Okay, so Rampage. Uh, you know, I'm a really big fan of uh, William uh, Freakin. Did I pronounce his name right? If not... Yes. Uh, Who knows? <laughs> okay. Um, the, the Exorcist is one of my favorite movies. And I think that Sorcerer is uh, the unseen gem of the last... Uh, 30 years. I I absolutely love Sorcerer. Uh, I know, Eric, you've watched it. Jess, have you seen Sorcerer? I have not, unfortunately. Oh, Jess, it is so good. It's um, it's a good movie, but don't don't be deceived. It has nothing to do with magic or sorcerers. No. <laughs> That's fine. As long as it's William Friedkin, I'm really... It, he could, like, film just someone painting a house, and I'd probably watch it and think it was great, so... Yeah, yeah. It, it was... um. Watching the movie, you, I was amazed at how no one was killed making that movie. It's a remake of The Wages of Fear, I think it was called, the French movie, about the the convicts that have to take uh, several truckloads of, uh, I think it's nitroglycerin. Nitroglycerin, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, through this rugged terrain. And it is, the French movie is really good, but I think that Sorcerer is, um, is better in every aspect. Uh, anyway, that's a... Rabbit Trail in and of itself. That is a fantastic movie. Uh, and it, it's rare that I see a movie anymore that, you know, like a, a, something that I haven't seen from the 80s or whatever that I'm like, oh, I've never seen that. And then it turns out to be like a masterpiece. And I consider Sorcerer a masterpiece. So, And well, and the only uh, thing that I kind of had against it was that I liked The Wages of Fear better. That, that yeah. Just because and, it was a classic film, black yeah. and white, you know, I, that's the only thing that I, yeah. I preferred the first one. Yeah, and I, I, I know that Sorcerer. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was. It opened the same weekend as either Star Wars: Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi. And it, honestly, this might be a '70s movie. It may have been Star Wars, uh, but I know that it completely got killed uh, by by uh, the Force. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's a bad luck of the draw, uh, right there. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Yes. So okay. So Rampage. So here's the deal with Rampage. Um, the first half, I'm like, oh, this is, this is good. Uh, this this crazy loon way too easily buys a gun, which is it, it's so odd watching this movie that was filmed back in the '80s. And this crazy nut job buys a gun uh, very easily, and then goes and just starts murdering people because he's nuts. 
And the whole point of the movie is it's uh, crime and punishment and, uh, how, how do I say it? Um, mental health versus just being a psychopath. I, anyway, uh, so the first half I, I was like, this is another gem. And, um, and then things start going funky. The second, uh, part of the movie uh, to the point where I'm like, something doesn't feel right about this. So I actually went on IMDb and sure enough, this was a re-edited version of, uh, of his, his, yeah, his original Stop. theatrical version. Yeah. So there was fine. And this was actually, he went and recut it because he changed some of his views on the subject matter. So he went and recut it and I'm like, so he cut five minutes out of the movie, which it felt too rushed. And even five minutes, I'm like, man, this should be longer than... It, it was only like an hour and 30 minutes. The theatrical version was an hour and 35. But the ending is completely and totally different in the theatrical version. And just reading the theatrical version, I'm like, that's kind of how I wish this would have ended instead of this version here. So mm. keep that in mind if you guys do decide to watch it. Um, it still has great performances, a great story, but I did not like the way the last act went at all. And the, it turns into a courtroom drama. And this is not giving anything, anything away, but it is, it's dealing with um, this DA that's going up against uh, this, you know, the defense attorney and about the whole death sentence, insanity versus, you know, non insanity and all that stuff. Um, and the whole courtroom stuff is after a brilliant first, like 45 minutes of setting up with, with the actual murders that are really Hardcore for I was surprised, um, and just this guy is so crazy you can tell. And then they get into the courtroom stuff, and it just it feels rushed and kind of jumbled a little bit. Uh, and especially with how things ended, I'm like, ah, man, you were working on a four star rating from me, and it's not four stars anymore. It's still watchable, but I I, re I reserve final judgment on that movie until I can see the original theatrical version because I, this one here, it, to me, it felt wrong. And I was even, I had no idea that something was amiss until I did some research. And I'm like, Oh, this is the 1992 William Friedkin version, not the 1987 or whenever it came out version. So anyway, so not only did star Wars shoot sorcerer first, but, uh, Greedo re-edited rampage is what you're saying. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's, it's that's intriguing. I'm very interested in that, and I'm I, I'm going to give it a watch. That still sounds like something I want to see. Oh, oh, and trust yeah, me, yeah, I think first, I'm probably still going to check it out too. Yeah. That first thirty minutes, I'm like, damn, this is this is good. Uh, it's creepy and well shot, and ugh. and then again, just with the courtroom stuff, it it felt like it needed to be uh, more spaced out, more deliberate, and not as boom, 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 boom. Here's a not good ending done. Right. Um, so anyway, but who knows? I, and, and honestly, you guys might like that ending better. He he chose to re-edit it, I guess, or recut it because of his viewpoint on that whole subject matter changed since he had first made the movie. Mm -hmm. So that that's what led to this different version. So anyway, um, oh boy, that's that's interesting. I'll, I'll have to see it to make a determination. But it's sort of like hey, you should have left it because you had that viewpoint at that time. I know there have been other filmmakers that have gone back on films they made, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago and said, you know, my viewpoints have changed on different subjects and I wouldn't have uh, made a movie that way now. But it's sort of like you got to let it exist yeah. the way it 
existed, you know? Yeah, yes, like, I, at least own up to what you thought before. It's fine if you changed your mind, but, but don't act like you always thought. Yeah, or or maybe <laughs> maybe release a separate cut, like, the, have at least have two. You know? yeah, yeah, like a dual, yeah. like a, a director's, well, I mean, a director's cut, basically. Yeah. Like, a, a new and improved, I guess. Yeah, I think this version, I'm not sure how accessible the original theatrical version is, uh, if it is available on DVD at all. I'm not sure if it is or not, uh, because his recut was done in 1992, uh, and DVD came out in 96, 97, I believe. So yeah. I honestly, I'm not sure if that original theatrical version, how you could watch that at this point. I, I didn't do any research on that, if it was ever released to DVD, or if it's just the only way to watch it is this version. So yeah. anyway. Wow. So there's my. Uh, I, I still. I would honestly. I would love to hear you guys' your viewpoints on that movie, just to see what you. You know. I'm. I'm gonna I'm... still check it out because Michael Bain. I believe he said uh, that it, either it was the movie he was most proud of or one of. Uh, he was really proud of it, and I was like, I've never even heard of that. I got to see it. Yeah. Uh, Jess, anyway. Black Hole Thin Ice. Yes, Black Hole Thin Ice. Okay, so um, we'll just do a little bit brief plot summary. Um, basically, an ex-cop and his part, well, his ex-partner, um, were, were investigating a series of murders um, that actually ended up ending their career. And then it starts in 1999, and then the movie jumps forward a little bit um, to another, a new time, a, a more recent time where the exact same kind of murders start again and them being uh, ex-cops and all go kind of rogue and start to investigate it themselves. Um, And this was a, I believe it is Chinese, yes, a Chinese crime drama mystery kind of deal. Um, And I I was hoping for something more like I saw the devil, but aren't we all? Mm And... I actually seem to have run, in the sa- run into the same kind of issue um, as Eugene did with a kind of recut. Because when I was watching this movie, um, th- there was a lot to enjoy. There's a, it's a very interesting film. It's a very interesting uh, use of colors in this film. There's a lot of interesting uses of snow as a backdrop, which I always find really captivating because there's so much you can do with kind of a snowy, desolate wasteland. I mean, you can obviously, the most obvious reference is Fargo. But um, the original, okay, this movie runs 110 minutes, which is fairly short, like we discussed before, for a, you know, an Asian kind of crime drama. They usually run about two hours, maybe a little more. And when I was watching it, it kind of felt empty. Like, there just kind of felt like there should have been more fleshing out of certain characters. And so I looked on the IMDb, and sure enough, the original time was 210 minutes oh lord it's a, and it is now 110 minutes whew, so amazing wow a shit ton <laughs> was cut out of this movie and it, it, to me i don't honestly i don't know if that if leaving in quite that much would have been a better option but for me i was watching this and i kind of just like i said it felt empty to me where in certain parts with certain characters where it's like okay, I understand the basic plot here of of trying to figure out what's going on with these murders, who's committing them, why they're all connected. They're all, they all end up being connected to this one woman they figure out early on. It's uh, three men have been murdered and they've all been romantically linked to this one woman. So they're like, did she do it? What's going on? Like what, what's, what is it? Is this woman kind of like a black widow Mm -hmm. kind of sort of thing? 
but it doesn't go too far. You end up finding out what went on, and it's a fairly sim- like straightforward plot. I don't want to give anything away because it is a, it's, it's a good movie. It just felt like I should be watching more. Like I kind of felt like I was watching the outline or a skeleton of the film, and there was so much more like little like more more roads they could have went down and that they probably did, but were edited out and that missing hundred minutes. Yeah. <laughs> or like, maybe that's, a, that's so much time though. You have to wonder if they, they didn't go down too many roads and then in an effort to kind of edit it yeah. down a little bit, it's sort of like, they went if, a little overboard. Well that, or maybe the, the subplots were too much and you had to commit to taking out a subplot, which ended up mm-hmm. taking out another, another subplot. One. And yeah. then it's, you know, that, that rabbit trail, happens pretty quick if you've done it worked on any screenplays or writing you know it's like oh, right if yeah. i gotta trim this one character i gotta trim all these interactions and then that takes away it, it snowballs yeah it's just the what yeah it's like it's a domino effect where it's just like i gotta take this out well now i have to take this out mm-hmm. and just so on and so forth um but i will say that this movie as far as the murders um how they find the victims is that body parts are being like uh placed all over the place and they they they're not shy on the uh, the gruesome aspect of that, and I was I was really impressed with that. I mean, Asian horror always or it's not really horror, but as far as Asian crime dramas usually go, they are pretty brutal in that aspect. Mm-hmm. This yeah. one wasn't obviously it, like I said. I was ex- I was hoping for something like I saw the devil. Definitely not that extreme. Um, but there is some sweet death by ice skates. I will say that. <laughs> so if anything, and I mean, this movie, like I said, it's not that long for what it is. It's definitely yeah. worth a watch, but I don't know that I need to watch it again because it's just kind of, okay, uh, that was good. I enjoyed it, but eh, so is, I'm going to give it a pass. That is one of those subgenres, though, that we, we talk about all the time. And I mean, Asian uh, crime drama, my, oh, there's so many of them. And it's yeah, it's just like a dime a dozen, really. Right, <laughs> not many are. Uh, I saw the devil or infernal affairs, mm-hmm. but the, they're out there. It's just man, mm-hmm. gotta look for them. You just have you just have to to wade through them. But this one's a good one. It, you're not gonna be. I mean, you're not gonna be like, oh my god, is this gonna ever end? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's fair. It's it's pretty decent. It's just not entirely what I was expecting, and I really would have liked to see a little bit more on it, but. I don't think we're ever going to get yeah. any kind of director's cut of this unknown movie. So. <laughs> well, Interesting. Yeah, never know. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, well, I'll probably keep that one on the queue. And if I'm in the mood for that sort of thing one day, I, I might just uh, throw it on and see what happens. All right. Um, okay, over to me. Mobius. This is uh, Kai Duck. Yes, Kim, I'm excited. His latest <laughs> opus, uh, Temper Expectations. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and Eric, I do. I want to. I want to chime in here just a second. Okay, yeah, yeah go ahead. Uh, I watched it as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I had to. I'm very curious your thoughts as well because you, <clears throat> to date, haven't been a huge. You haven't liked him as much as I have. Let's put it that way. No, uh, uh-uh. no. Now, uh, last time we talked about three or four of his films that I, I border on masterpiece for me. One especially does uh, maybe, oh, maybe even two of them, but. Uh, spring, summer, fall, winter, and spring. That is a one of my top 100 masterpiece films. I, lo- I love that movie. It's genius. It's brilliant. It's beautiful. There's barely any dialogue, but it works. Um, the Isle, 
is as dark and twisted about, just about as dark and twisted as Mobius, but there was more character development to where it made sense, and with the score, it played it a little darker, so that it didn't become comical. And that's what Mobius is. It's a dark comedy. And for me, did not work. This is the first movie I've seen from him that I'm really going to go kind of thumbs down on. Uh, not even a pass. Like, you might enjoy You know, mm. you, I guess you might enjoy it as far as being a dark comedy, but it, I, it didn't play for me. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, the, I'm really surprised that it was a dark comedy. Like, I was... Comedy was not at all on my radar for what that movie would be about. But that's the if yeah, it's hard to explain. But if you know the director and the weird shit that he pulls in his movies, like The Isle and they're gross things, Mm -hmm. but he's always played it for drama or thriller or you know there's there's some deep inner character development going on. With this, it just kicks off right off the bat, just chopping limbs. Uh, why am I even skirting around it? There's a lot of penises cut off in this movie. And it's very <laughs> it's very twisted, but it, it's more played for either shock value or it has to be about for laughs, right? I mean, Eugene, you watched it, the scene with the mother yeah. and the son, it's just like, what the hell? Like, yes, I, I took that too as a, a very twisted, dark comedy uh, and almost a uh, oh boy, it's hard to describe. I'm kind of right there with you too. I didn't hate it, uh, but it, 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 for no dialogue at all in the subject matter, it's just everybody is reprehensible in the movie. Um, mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. Uh, so, yeah. And at it, first, I'm like, this is this is so interesting how there's no dialogue, and they're, they're, it, it's working with no dialogue. And then after a while, I'm like, oh, okay, enough with the, uh, the dicks chopped off again, and the sex with the mom, and uh, it's just, uh, okay, okay. Then they're trying to chop off this other guy's dick so the other one can get a transplant, and then that doesn't work out. And then there's this other subplot of, well, the dad feels bad for the son who got his dick chopped off and never had an <laughs> orgasm, so they, he's looking at different ways to, uh, that a- other amputees that are telling him to stimulate themselves into orgasm, and he comes down to scraping a rock, like a big rock, on the on the top of your foot until your flesh is raw and somehow that brings people to orgasm, and he tests it out. Eventually gets it to work, but then he's in a lot of pain. And then he teaches the son, and the son does it, and it works. And then it's a, he's in a lot of pain. And then he gets a penis transplant, but he can't. It just it's it's like what am I watching? Like why? Yeah. You know. And I get I get the internal point they're trying to make, but at the same time it was just like I don't give a shit. I don't care about any of these people. And you're trying. You're obviously trying to be funny and. The no dialogue thing did not work for me in this instance. And that's maybe hypocritical considering I just claimed two or three of his other movies to be masterpieces where there's almost no dialogue in them. Um, But this time it was like there were so many scenes where they were skirting around it. Like, okay, now the dad has got to call and see about this transplant. So he grabs his cell phone, goes out on the porch, and then he's talking Uh. on the phone, but you can't hear anything. And he's just, you know, it's just one of those like, ha ha. No dialogue, and it's just like yeah. that, who gives a, who gives a shit at that point? Yeah. So, uh, just maybe uh, I'm still gonna watch it. Okay, that's fine, but don't hold it against Kai Duck Kim or however you say. His that's name. fine. Don't hold it Kai against Duck him because this this would be the first one where I was like, no. Yeah, um, I just looked up those other uh, those other two movies that you mentioned. And I do. De- I want to. I definitely want to see the Isle, and I'm going to check out the other one too. But Spring. 
some yeah, spring winter. The aisle was the <laughs> the aisle was the first one that exposed me to him and his art style, and that one is that's kind of right around the ballpark of like old boy and sympathy for Mr. Vengeance and and that kind of style. Like it, that was about the same time I got sympathy for Mr. Vengeance in the aisle was was in this a uh, real close vicinity, um, and they they have a. I don't want to say they have a lot of similarities, but they have they were both very unique visions and a very unique directing style. Uh, well, I am a fan of the Vengeance trilogy, so I'm definitely I'll yeah. definitely for sure check out the Isle, uh, regardless of my opinion on Mobius when I end up watching <laughs> Good. that. Yeah, don't hold Mobius <laughs> against him. But that and then I would say spring, summer, all the season, whatever. That's that's the uh, most accessible of his films. Um. And it's just, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. So definitely check that one out. All right, fantastic. Uh, okay. Uh, anything else to add to Mobius, Eugene? Nope. I'm. That, we had pretty much the same review of that. I was wondering if you were going to be like, oh, it's a masterpiece stroke of genius. And I'm no, like, eh. no. <laughs> <laughs> After a while, it was like, oh, this is tough to watch. Just because I, I was kind of getting bored because it was sort of like, I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, no. Um, okay, sell us your movies, Eugene. Okay, so I had, uh, for the next roulette, uh, Dealer was the first one. And um, just to get it pulled up here on the interweb, Dealer is, um, I've been wanting to watch this one because the cover looks incredibly cool. Uh, as he dreams of moving to Australia with his daughter to become a pastry chef, a Parisian small-time drug dealer accepts a one-time-only big cocaine deal. What starts as a simple score becomes a tale of survival in the local criminal underworld. And I don't know why this movie just, it sounds like Pusher, and I love the Pusher series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. So, yeah, and it's only 75 minutes long, so, you know, it's a... Even if it's not that good, hey, it's only 75 minutes long. <laughs> um, okay, next up is... Um, I hear something yeah, what was in that? the background. I heard that. It was a weird pop-up on my computer that came up out of nowhere because I'm not even <laughs> touching my computer. <laughs> I'm like just sitting at my desk listening to Eugene mm-hmm. talk and then all of a sudden some woman's talking about a crockpot out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, Christmas, infiltra- okay. Christmas shopping is infiltrating everything. <laughs> <That's right>. Yes. <laughs> and let's pause well. for a commercial break. Thanks uh, to the yes. Crockpot <laughs> Company for supporting the Movie Freaks podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, that was weird. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, go on. <laughs> okay, next up is Tangerine. And um, this one here, uh, I remember this playing at some theater. I'm not sure... Nightlight. I know I've heard Quaker? Was it the Quaker? Yep. It was the Nightlight Theater? They, they, it was. They okay. had it they, right before I started working there. Okay. Um, a working girl tears through Tinseltown on Christmas Eve searching for the pimp who broke her heart. Now, this movie is supposedly completely shot with iPhones. Yes. So I think that's kind of cool. And I'm like, ah, oh, you know, that might be one that might be interesting. So... Um, that got put on the list. And lastly, a movie called Private Number. And another one that I thought sounded pretty good. Uh, 2014, Tom Sizemore, Judd Nelson. A series of cryptic phone messages and visions haunt a writer while he struggles to finish a novel. As they increase in intensity, he loses his grip on reality and 
eventually becomes obsessed and I don't, I'm, I'm on IMDb. I don't want to give too much away with the, yeah, you're fine. So, All three of those were already in my queue. Um, but you got to admire Private Number for being the who's that of the 1980s and 19. 19- yes, <laughs> I love that yes. cast. At the same time, yeah. it screams roulette. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it does. <laughs> so, but all of them are very short runtime movies. So, and I like that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. just in case you get stuck with a dud, that's you know, it's not two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. We should anyway. Th- there you go. That just spurned an idea in me. We should make Jess watch all of the worst roulettes oh that we've had to endure just so that she <laughs> can fully appreciate our loathing of them. I, oh. I, if we could come up with like three to five, I'm thinking like I Mall, will so totally do that. Haunter. Would you really? Yeah. All I, all I can say is the movie that the dude from... Um, Mall. Mall. The one from Lincoln Park. The, the one guy from Lincoln Park made a movie and that is one oh, of the worst movies on... The planet Earth. <laughs> and, and, you know, I was. we were also talking about how you like to throw me teen girl horror movies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought of, I almost thought of a, a compromise there where it's like, you know what? I'll start throwing those more on the roulette for you to pick if, yeah, here it comes. Uh, we could do a, uh, a full commentary track of Haunter. Of Haunter. I have not watched it. But I will. Yeah. Eugene made me watch it. <laughs> and I did a long have... review of it just because I was like, you son of a bitch made me watch this thing. So I'm going to explain to you every single thing that happened in this movie. It went on and on. And he was like, just stop. Please, God, stop. And I was like, no, you made me watch this. Screw you. Yep. <laughs> you you did the same thing with the was it blood surf blood, blood tide blood, or... yeah oh yes. I watched that movie oh my willingly. god yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. a that was a film okay uh, sorry to interrupt but that was an interesting idea maybe maybe when we'll think about that we'll compile the list of the greatest hits of the worst of all time actually uh, before the end of the year we want to do a year in review of the roulettes that we've gone over what's been the best yeah. on the roulette the worst on the roulette and maybe we'll throw together a little hey Jess watch this shit alright yeah, so. I'm down I- I'm game for watching pretty much anything So Jess go ahead and sell us your movies alright so I picked Some Kind of Hate which evidently is a a teenage girl. <laughs> oh, it's on my list. Movie. I added it to the queue, but I'm not going to throw it on there because you know I can't make <laughs> Eugene happy. I, uh, I <laughs> basically, from what I understand, because this movie is actually something that uh, I will probably eventually watch anyway, because it will need to be watched for my year end best and worst for bloody disgusting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought I might I might see if either of you wanted to give it a crack before I did. Um, it's, from what I understand, it's a bunch of, like, wayward kids go to some, like, little, like, boot camp kind of thing, like, they're, you know, like, to get them in shape and and make them, them straighten up, and it, one of, you know, it it starts out as that, and then it ends up with somebody's killing them off one by one, so I thought it probably would just end up being kind of a standard slasher. Um, Mm. then I picked A Very Merry Christmas. Because, well, it is Christmas time, and this thing just popped up there. And I thought, why not? Might, might throw a little cheery, festive festive thingy on there. And then I picked That Touch of Mink from 1962 with Cary Grant and Doris Day. Because I'm actually a big fan of Cary Grant, of, of old, these old movies like this. 
and I was just kind of seeing if either of you guys were. But basically, Cary Grant is a playboy because always, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Doris Day is is the you know the virginal pretty girl as always, mm-hmm. and they both are attracted to each other. But he just wants an affair, and she wants to save her virginity till marriage. And I assume hilarity and you know 1962 hilarity ensues and there you go i i love me some doris day yeah i really do i have a lot of her music i don't know if that's embarrassing to admit but i do i'm sorry i love her (laughs) she's a talented lady i love doris day i listen to her a lot okay uh my turn uh i threw on the let me pull this up pod from 2015 with an impossibly cool cover siblings travel to the remote family cabin to help their mentally unstable brother but the plan goes awry in unimaginable i don't believe you horrifying ways (laughs) um yeah and then then the cover would suggest that there is some alien shit going on there it's like okay that looks right up the uh, sci-fi nerds alley and then i was gonna have dealer on there but eugene beat me to it so i replaced that one with the timber a blinding fast 80 minute film out to collect the bounty on their own father uh brothers wyatt of course there's a wyatt and samuel brave the elements of the rough and tumble residents of the yukon territory uh yeah direct to video <laughs> western oh, direct to video western yeah. those that's are not about hit or miss as hit or miss as they yeah. can possibly get yeah not called bone tomahawk <laughs> hey there have been a few good uh very kind of indie westerns in the last decade appaloosa was wonderful uh seraphim falls i really liked that movie with uh pierce brosnan I don't know if either of you guys have seen any of those movies, but uh, nope. at any rate, I did manage to throw a four and a quarter star movie on here. Dinosaur 13, documentarian Todd Miller chronicles the legal battles that followed the historic 1990 discovery of the first complete Tyrannosaurus Rex. Uh, that sounds so cool, by the way. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's been all over my letterbox today. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Cool. Ooh. Okay, uh... Eugene, you have the pole position. You get to choose first, and I think I know what both of you are going to pick, but I'll let it play out and see what happens. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what. Uh, Pod is high up there just because uh, Larry Fessenden is in that, and I really like Larry <laughs> Fessenden. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, <laughs> but but I, I, I haven't chose that yet. Um, and Dinosaur 13, that was kind of the... Uh, the out of left field from you that I'm like, ooh, that maybe, maybe. Did you get but did you get then, sucked into some kind of hate? But then just mm. threw some kind of hate on there. I knew it. Like, I knew it. <laughs> teen girl horror movie ish, and probably going to be shitty. One, but might be good. One star from all of Netflix. <laughs> but Eugene yes. says yep. you're all wrong. So I'm gonna take some kind of hate. <laughs> Wow. Was that the one you were, were, were you thinking I, I was going to take I thought I really snagged you with Pod, but apparently... I thought oh, you were yeah, going to take Pod. But apparently, you you gave in at the last minute to your inner urges. Yes. And here's the thing. I There is a 95% chance I'll have Pod watched by next episode as well, just because I... I, I but I want to review some kind of hate for roulette. That seems more roulette-ish. <laughs> they both are. They're both like one, uh-huh. one two-star movies. Yeah. Honestly, Dinosaur 13 would be the easy one. I'm sure that's going to be good. And the roulette is movies that, hmm, 
could be good or could be shit. That's true. <laughs> That's true. But I like to throw at least one bone in there in case you got totally hosed the last round. So you at least yeah. have enough. No, and the th- yeah, and the thing is, uh, for me, Rampage was a that was a a thumbs up, a mild thumbs up. Yeah. Uh, Jess, you get to pick next. Oh man, I thought I thought Eugene was going to pick Pod, so I, I, I now I have to. Now I have to Recalibrate. totally reassess everything. <laughs> All right, so basically I'm torn, but I was torn between Tangerine and Pod. Tangerine I wanted to watch because I had, like I said, I'd come into the nightlight like literally the week after it ended. And I was like, damn it, I could have just watched that for free. Um, and now it's on Netflix, so it's still kind of free. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Pod does seem to be more of a roulette movie. Mm-hmm. It, Tangerine has like and four stars. Tangerine does have four stars, and I mean, I'm going to watch it regardless, so I'm going to choose Pod. Oh, wow. Mm, Eugene, you have nice. just thrown my whole estimation asunder. Uh, <laughs> I had Eugene for Pod and Jess for Tangerine. Uh, That's what I yeah. had originally. <laughs> but I can't take Tangerine. That's like a four-star movie. I, I was. Oh. I mean, I'm probably also going to watch that, too, but I just can't guarantee it. But I'm guaranteeing I'm going to watch Pod. Yeah. I also I, I want to tell you, I did have a very Merry Christmas. I added that immediately. But I'm not <laughs> going to take that one because it's like an hour. It's 56 yeah, minutes, yeah. And we usually try to go for the shortest one possible because we've been through such hell on this. Uh, right. <laughs> um, my God, that mall movie. Oh, oh Jess. It, just, it you was never it. ending. <laughs> and Haunter. Oh, just, I, I wanted to smash my face in the wall just watching that movie. I, I cursed. I said, I invented new curses for Eugene while I was watching that. Um, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to take Dealer. Because that seems like a little bit more, at least, to the roulette side. Yeah. Well, you know, and honestly, that 75-minute runtime, it's like, if you're not Roger Corman, that 75-minute runtime can be pretty scary as a, I'm a shitty movie, and all I've got is 75 minutes worth of whatever. Yeah. Whereas Roger Corman, he made sure that his movies were so unbelievably short that they were still cool, but just go, 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 end credits. Yeah, and I'm sure that... Like, A Very Merry Christmas is going to happen before Christmas. <laughs> yeah. But you're right. I, I, I'm i going to go with, yeah, I'm going to go with Dealer. Tangerine, but all of these probably will get watched very soon, except for Private Number is probably the bottom. Private Number and The Timber would be towards the bottom, because crap shoots. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I'll let one of you watch Private Number first. <laughs> <laughs> that cast really scares me off as much as I lie. I'm like, ah, I like them. Tom Sizemore. It's just that that plot of, of Ryder being haunted mm. by something is just so... Been done. 97 movies yeah. I've seen. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, we have all the time in the world for recently watched friends, but you know what? Oh, yeah. Hold on, I'm going to throw this little tidbit in there before we dive into that, just because it'd be, I don't want to end on a sad note, but... I did want to throw a shout-out to one of my favorite character actors died in the last, like, week or two. And I was just going over his IMDb because it was like, why do I know this guy so much? Because it's so hard to peg him for any one thing. It's because I knew him for everything. And, Jess, you might not uh, associate with him quite as much as Eugene and I because... We saw him so much growing up in on, on yeah. television. Um, I'm going to give you a quick rundown of some of the th- highlights he was in, or at least made an appearance. A lot of TV. Kojak, okay? Wonder Woman. 
Columbo, Six Million Dollar Man, The Bionic Woman, The Rockford Files, Starsky and Hutch, The Ninth Configuration, Charlie's Angels, Fantasy Island, Trail of the Pink Panther, An Officer and a Gentleman, Scarface, Psycho 2, Curse of the Pink Panther. And this list is ridiculous. Murder, she wrote. Uh-huh. Armed and Dangerous. Oh, I love that movie. Uh, Over the Top, which we talked about <laughs> last episode. Yes. Uh, big. The friggin' piano uh-huh. in Big. No, nothing. Just me. That was the only one. Was, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I watched that at the right time, at the right age, and that that's yeah. hardcore. That's memorable. Just great movie after great movie. Eh, a lot of bad movies, but he's been in a lot of... Um, You're going to touch base on Lost Highway, though, right? Shut up. Uh, yep. Independence oh. Day. <laughs> okay. And, yeah, Independence Day is probably the biggest one that you might recognize him from, but I will always remember him for Lost Highway. Uh, he taught us the trials and tribulations that come with tailgating, and that would be <laughs> Mr. Robert Loggia. Absolutely adore that guy. And it's a real bummer that he's gone. But you know what? He had a very full life, very long life, mm-hmm. and uh, condolences. Okay. And he's got three other movies coming out in 2016. <laughs> really? So you get to see him three more times. Yeah. <laughs> nice. One's completed and two are in post-production. Oh, my gosh. The d- wow. He has 230 acting credits. Oh, man. That's like Christopher Lee almost. I know. That's impressive. But he's not. He was rarely a, a leading guy. He was yeah. just a character actor, and I, I loved him. He was a mafioso. He was a hitman. He was uh, played a lot of scumbags, uh, a lot of yeah. cops, all over the place. He liked to yell a lot, but he got his start like in the fifties and on Broadway. And uh, I don't know. It's hard. I don't even know what to say. It sucks that he's gone. That's part of my childhood that's dead, and that's just weird. Uh, anyway, so let's move back into getting funny and happy and good times. And uh, Eugene, lead us off and recently okay. watched with some uh, romantic comedy that you've watched. Okay, so... <laughs> happy times romantic come comedy. up to... He's just got stacks of them at home, I'm yeah, sure. You, you don't know me that He's well. He's like, I got the romantic. Blu-ray of the... I, I have the locked <laughs> key that killed your mom and... Something. <laughs> <laughs> you're... You're... <laughs> <laughs> Starring uh, what, what's his name that. that we talk about every episode? Who I don't know. Uh, um, Edward. Furlong. No, no, no. The, <laughs> the guy with the funny name. Ivan Rasimov. The guy with the funny name you just mentioned uh, two reviews ago. Oh, <laughs> like, Larry. Larry. Larry Hasimov. Larry, what's his name? Larry, Larry Fessenden. <laughs> you know Larry Fessenden. I guess so. Cool. You keep telling me. <laughs> I'll tell you what, when, he, wild when he dies, I'll look up his IMDb page. Until then... Yeah. <laughs> we'll Jess, nice you know Larry. Yes, yes, I know. She knows. I know okay. Larry Fessenden. <laughs> We've, we discussed okay, so this I'm... a few episodes ago. She's like, it stars the great Larry Fessenden. I was like, oh my god, here we go again with this guy. Okay. <laughs> and Scream Factory just put just put out a collection of all his movies. Oh, I so want that. I yeah. know. Yeah. Oh. Um. Double disc set. Okay, Eugene. Go, <laughs> yeah. Eugene. Get it. Get me out of this. Recently watched okay. something. Anything. <laughs> I'm gonna start off with uh, the most recent, recently made movie. Uh, and we don't uh, talk all that much about like brand new movies in the theater. So I'm. I'm gonna, yeah, we do. I've got. I've got uh, one. You, oh yeah, you do. Yeah, that's right. Well, okay. So um, I'm gonna start off with Krampus. I watched Krampus here a couple days ago. 
I've been really, really looking forward to it. I had pretty high expectations because I really like uh, Michael Doherty's previous movie, Trick or Treat, and I was looking forward to seeing his take on Christmas, and especially the whole tale of Krampus and you know the the evil uh, demon thing over Christmas. Um, so a boy who has a bad Christmas ends up accidentally summoning a Christmas demon to his family home. Um, and you can definitely, for me, I could definitely tell this director, if he keeps on making movies, uh, I can tell he has a style and I like it a lot. I like the style that he, uh, how he makes movies. Um, this, unfortunately for me, it was not as good as Trick or Treat. And I think mainly because, uh, they didn't go full on with the horror. This is mm. very much a more of a gremlins, uh, from, for me, this felt like Gremlins crossed with Stuart Gordon's Dolls from the 80s. I love that movie, by the way. Uh, but it, Dolls and uh, Gremlins with maybe a little tiny bit of, I don't want to say Silent Night, Deadly Night, but just, I guess, just over the holiday season type that, setting. That sounds amazing. That's... Yeah. So, I mean, and seriously, if you're prepared for more of a PG-13, bloodless, but kind of scary, kind of I was kind of thinking fun, that's how it was going to go. Yeah. Then, then you're if you're looking forward to that and that you're gonna like it. I I can't imagine anybody wouldn't like it if if that's what you're after because the special effects were good, the comedy was good. Uh, I like Adam Scott. Um, I think that he's really funny. The cast was really good. In fact, uh, what's her name from? I just got done watching uh, Fargo season one, which is a fantastic, fantastic show. Allison. Tolman, I believe, is her name. Um, I, I think I know who you mean. Yeah, she was the uh, the the main uh, sheriff lady cop. Lady oh, in, she's in that. I loved her. Yeah, she was great, and she's really good in this as well. Um, but it's it's the typical you know dysfunctional family. We all have them and know them and all that good stuff, and then you just throw in a bunch of crazy. Cool looking creatures into the mix, but it's odd that I'm the whole way through. I'm like this. I feel like I'm like this is a Christmas version of Dolls, and I, I again, I, I love. I haven't dolls. seen that movie. It's oh, so, oh you haven't. Oh, check it out. I will. There, that is no a reason. fun movie. Fun movie. I'm, it's like I, the uh, worst parents you have ever seen in your life. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I am concerned yes, though is. about the PG thirteen because I. Yeah. This kind of movie yeah. needs to be R and hard R. Yeah. <laughs> it would for me it would have made it all the better um if they would have just made it because it was it had some good good scares it was extremely well shot well made the the comedy was really good i'm like oh if they would have just gone for it and made a strong gory r-rated christmas horror movie that would have been great but hey you know what box office numbers matter and this movie did really really well it's opening weekend yeah. so that's good i'm i and i'm glad it does it did. feel and like I there's going to be a director's cut that's unrated r-rated something um i would be i don't know i would be surprised because there there is little to no blood at all in it um i suppose they could have uh i, I don't wanna, i can't say too much uh because i don't want to give anything away right so but i, I will say this if you want to watch more of a gory Krampus movie, watch uh, A Christmas Horror Story. Because the Krampus uh, legend is in that as well, and that's a gory horror movie. Uh, but this is more just Gremlins. When did that come out? Type. I haven't heard of that. A Christmas Horror um, Story? That came, Chris, I came out about a couple, yeah, a couple months oh, ago. Oh, I watched okay. it on, uh, uh, if, on Voodoo. If it's yeah. recent, okay, that's fine. Yeah, 
It's uh, it that is a solid movie. Jess, have you seen that? Uh, actually, it's on my recently watched list. Ooh, Ooh nice. good because that's an anthology movie. I, I, I'm really curious what you're gonna uh, say about that movie. I thought it was really cool. So anyway, um, Jess, you're up unless you have uh, if you're done with Krampus. I'm done. Okay, Jess. All right. Well, I guess I will just go straight to a Christmas horror I story then, so. <laughs> since the cat's out of the bag. <laughs> uh, I wanted to see Krampus, but I just I got I just got that there was no time at all, so I'm going to be go, going to see it this weekend. But I saw a Christmas horror story, um, and I am just for listeners who don't know exactly, I love anthology. It's probably my favorite <laughs> subgenre. Um, because I just find I just I, I feel that like writing an anthology is so like, successful, I should say, a, a good, well-rounded anthology is probably one of the more difficult things to do than to just write one feature because you have to find a good way to wrap them all up together. And you have to, you know, each story has to hold its own rather than relying too much on one or the other. So Christmas Horror Story. Well, we is have something centered... you might want to read. Yes. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> um, the, the script that we sent you that I sent. Yes, oh, you did. Yes. Yes. Oh, you should have let me do the f- final draft. I haven't finished it yet. Yeah. Anyway. Well, anyway. I haven't read it yet because I. Oh, hold off. Busy. Hold off. Let me do another. I got a. I got a couple of things right. I got to fix yet. Not much. Won't take long. All right. Fantastic. I'll wait. Okay. All right. So Christmas horror stories. It's it's um it's an intertwined anthology. So you're not um going into it watching each story like say like a Tales from the Dark Side kind of thing where it's one story, one story, one story. It is much more in the vein of Trick or Treat, um where it's all these things are just kind of occurring at the same time and they're all loosely connected by certain characters. Um, each story is a little bit different. Uh, the one with featuring Krampus is about a horrible, horrible, horrible family <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, is off to go see their, the father's great estranged aunt, um, basically to try and hustle her for some money. Cause you know, tis the season and, uh, they get turned down and then on their way back, they get all, they're all bitching at each other and. Some weird thing runs out in front of their car, and they get stuck in a ditch, and they're stuck in the woods. And it's basically Krampus, and you learn that Krampus is the, you know, evil spirit. It it takes over, kind of, people who are bitchy and angry during the holiday season. It it can embody, basically, anybody. Um, And it is a gory Krampus, so it it doesn't hold back. There's not, I mean... It's not full-on in-your-face gore, but it's, from what I understand, based on what Eugene said, it, it is much gorier than uh, the Krampus movie. Uh, the other three stories are kind of interesting. Um, there's one featuring zombie elves, which are, oh, are, I love are that hilarious. One. Oh, that was so funny. Which, that one, that one is kind of the wraparound, basically. It, it's sort of the uh, wraparound story, and for me... I and since you've Gene seen this, I I was not expecting the end of that story. Didn't that so, kick ass? <laughs> yeah, and that, <laughs> that really sold me on it. Um, that I went. If anything ever surprises me, I'm I'm always I always give it a le- a little extra star or something because I, I I've seen so much where it's just so easy for me to see certain twists coming a mile away. Mm-hmm. But I did not see this one, so I don't want to say yep. too much more about that. So I'll just move on to the other two stories. Um. There is a changeling uh, 
little segment um, where family's going out to find, you know, the greatest Christmas tree. They're going to chop it down like good old-fashioned Americans and bring home the, the, you know, the giant pine and have it all nice. And while they're out there, their kid kind of gets lost. And he, he, they find him, or do they? They find a version of him, <laughs> um, which ends up being... <laughs> Being totally not what they were looking for, and 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 actually probably one of the more serious, startling kind of stories involved in that. And then the other one, which wasn't my favorite, um, I would probably put it as the lesser of these stories because there's always one. There's always one story that doesn't quite yeah. fit. You know, creep show. It for me, it's the Jordy Barrel story. But there's always one that doesn't doesn't quite make it and that would be the one about these two kids these three kids who are going into an investigate um their school after on christmas eve and it's closed down because well it's christmas eve but a murder happened there uh last christmas eve two kids were murdered one boy one girl and they're trying to figure out what happened who did it uh, and there's this weird kind of supernatural element to me and it had the most effective jump scares of the stories um but overall i I kind of felt that it was the weaker of the stories um but a christmas horror story it was fun it's it's a good old-fashioned fun anthology movie where it's it's nicely wrapped up in a nice little bow and you know it's got william shatner in it basically narrating as kind of a radio dj a drunken radio dj who's just loves baby jesus so much he can't stand it you have something (laughs) against that persona because damn it i mean that's kind of what yeah. the show is all about yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i would definitely give christmas story uh, a christmas horror story a uh, thumbs up and whenever that comes to something that you can stream on or whatever i would definitely give it a chance it's, it's a nice little put me in a nice little festive feeling <laughs> it sounds cool i'll watch it yeah I am right there with Jess on that. That's pretty much exactly the same review I have, uh, especially the the one that you thought was the least. Mm-hmm. I agree that one there. It was it was watchable, but it was the other ones were were really good, and this one was merely it wasn't bad. I will say that my main that one of my like pretty much my only issue with the movie as a whole that it seemed the the amount of time they spent with certain stories and other versus others seemed off. Um, it seems like they could have spent a little bit more, that, like they could have made it more evenly distri- uh, distributed between the stories. But then again, that's always another challenge of an anthology is you gotta you got to be able to work it all in there, right? And I think they did a fairly good job for being fairly unknown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good movie. I liked it. Cool. I'll watch it. Uh, okay, over to me. Uh, I'm going to do a quick double header here because these are pretty mainstream and not much to uh, say about them. Uh, Hannah, I watched this. I've seen that. I've seen that. I've seen that. That's all right. I had that problem with Tense last episode. Uh, directed by <laughs> Joe Wright, starring unpronounceable name Ronan and Kate Blanchett, Eric Bana. Uh, and this was a really good movie. I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. It it has some problems, or do I call it a problem? I've bitched about it before, but why is it that Hollywood can't do a southern accent without the people sounding stupid as hell? It, I think that's just the southern accent. I don't know. No offense. Look. <laughs> to anybody who no, may I, be listening with a southern accent. I have family across the whole 48. I have heard a southern accent where they don't sound like morons. 
And Kate Blanchett, <laughs> God bless her, fantastic actress, British, they invented acting. But even her doing Southern, wow, we need to go get this boy. Ooh. And it's just, oh my I think it's God, like... it's just grating. It's just so grating and distracting. And it's like, just stop doing that. There's no reason for you to be doing that. Uh, other than to make you maybe hate them a little more, I guess. I, I don't know, but that just irritates me. I, I was very impressed with how, God, this, this, this girl's name, Sourys. How do you say her name? Anybody? Any, any guesses? No idea. No one? Good. No. <laughs> I was very impressed with how she did, and she's even younger here than she was in, uh, that vampire movie that I was talking about how much I liked. Uh, what was that called? Do you remember? Um, it just came out a couple years ago. Uh, Neil Jordan directed it. Oh, oh. Uh, Byzantium. Shit. Yes, oh, Byzantium. Yes. That's a great movie. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I thought she did so good in that movie, and I thought that she played like way beyond. I mean, she's playing two hundred years old. I guess. How do you? How do you? Uh, <laughs> how do you judge that acting? <laughs> but it felt like she was such an old soul, and. She's so young. Well, here she's, she's got those eyes. She's she's a friggin' alien. That's there's yeah. Some... She's got like these weird like if you like look into her eyes, you could just just she would possess <laughs> <Yes>. you and <laughs> yeah. or she. <laughs> yes, you're totally right. Uh, but but she's uses them in the right way. I, I it's hard. It's so hard to explain unless you watch these movies, Eugene. But um, she's half the age here that she was in Byzantium, and yeah. Man, she's so good. Like, I believe it. I, I, there were a couple of fight scenes where it was like, oh, okay, it's a little tough to believe that you're so lightweight that you can beat up these big dudes, but you just go with it. And I, I loved how witty she was and clever and, and uh, what's the word? She's the girl on the Lovely Bones, too. Let's, let's, oh, that's right. We have that's to talk right. about that horrible piece of shit. <laughs> well, I was thinking that maybe Eugene had might have seen that. <laughs> no, I've seen I've seen that movie. I, I have watched uh, Hannah as well. I loved Hannah. I thought that was a great movie. It was. I, I really enjoyed Hannah. I, God, I hated the Lovely Bones. Oh. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, that was... Oh, man. That the was only decent up. part of that movie is Stanley Tucci, and that's barely. <laughs> oh, but then the way it yeah. ended, No, you're absolutely right, yeah. It was very well made, but that ending, it was like, I hate... Everybody who wrote this or had a hand in thinking this was a good idea. <laughs> yeah. 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 Pretty screensaver afterlife shots do not a good movie make. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, that's good. Okay. Uh, the other one I want to touch on real quick is we can't go an episode without Ridley Scott, The Martian. Um, mm. I ventured into the theater yet again uh, for about the mm, third time this year. Because, Jess, you've only begun to get to know me. I have, <laughs> I draw the horrible morons more than anybody mm. in the world. And you may think, mm, uh, ask Eugene. It's no, it's does. never <laughs> worse than it's with me. And it's always something like you've never seen before in your life. Um, so with The Martian, I thought I might be safe because <laughs> it, it, it was, uh, what was it? It was the Monday we had off this last Monday, because here in Ohio, yeah. it's hunting season, so a lot of schools shut down. Uh, Wait, that's a thing? That's a thing. That is a real thing. <laughs> yes. um, I didn't know that. I've lived in Ohio my entire life. I didn't realize people shut down for hunting season. Uh, this was, and I went to Canton to see this movie, so I was in your neighborhood. I was not, like, down here in the sticks. I was in your area. And 
all of the schools were out because all of the kids were going to the theater. But you know what? There were three movies that were kid-friendly, kid-related, tween bullshit that I was like, you know what? Right. I'll bet I'm safe with The Martian. I'm dying to see this movie. I'll bet I'll be okay. And so I said, screw it. I bought the ticket. Uh, went into one, and it was one of the big theaters at the Dollar Theater. And right away it was like, there's not, something's not right because they have that whole 30 minute program they show before the movie. Yeah. The audio was working, but no visual. And I thought, eh, maybe they just haven't turned it on yet. That And that that's happened, <laughs> you know, no big deal. Uh, well, then the house lights went down and there was still no picture. So I was about to get up and go out, but the lady behind me said, I'm going to go see what's going on. So I just let it go. And the theater was a third of the way full, which is pretty surprising for a Monday. But they were all very safe people, middle-aged, you know, sitting away from... No teenagers, yeah, no. Yeah, and well, the ones that were there didn't look like a problem. They were there with their dad, you know, because right. uh, it seemed okay. So It's just a problem when they go together in groups. Right, places. right, and there's no parents. <laughs> so we'll get to that later. So uh, they came. Uh, the lady came back. The house lights were down. There was no there was sound, but no picture. And then we're getting into trailers. And the house lights come up, and then they go down. Then they come up, and then the the guy uh, manager comes in and says the projector blew up, and we're going <laughs> to move everybody into two separate theaters. So if the back four rows can move now, and I was in the very back row in one of the weird loner seats because that's where I mm-hmm. sit to peg where I'm actually right. going to sit once all the idiots are in there 20 minutes after the movie starts. <laughs> yep. So uh, I dashed out the door because I want to go run get the next back seat. And, uh, they put us in a smaller theater and then decided, you know what? I think we can cram all of you in here. Yeah. So they crammed all of us in there. Um, and that theater worked. And I only moved up one seat because the, there were lights kind of in the lobby that were bugging me out of the corner of my eye. So I moved up one seat. And everybody was quiet and respectful. There was a little bit of chittering, but not much. I had a great crowd. It, as everyone has already said, it's a great movie. Um, and one of the, you know, that's up there for sci-fi. That was a good movie. It's not one that I'm going to rewatch like every year, but it, I would every three. That was damn good. And I look forward to watching it again on Blu-ray. I've been on the fence for that, so maybe maybe I will see that. It was it, it was, was good. good and it and even as a yeah. Ridley uh, Ridley Scott defender, it was better than uh, <laughs> uh movies he's made for the last what, 7 8 years. <laughs> I mean, it's been one it's up there in his filmography. Yeah, it is good. In fact, there's been rumblings of possibly an Oscar nom for best picture with that movie. Yeah, I've seen a lot of buzz about that, but I wasn't sure because you you know you can never trust the buzz yeah. entirely. I hope he get if not for that he'll get it for the technical merits. I felt like I was yeah. on Mars for a year, two years. How long he was there? I, I I can't even. It was hard to keep track because they kept track of dates in Mars circles, and it it's not the Mars time. Yeah, it's not the same as Earth. So it was. Yeah. Was Marvin Martian there to help <laughs> translate for you? Yes. Uh, now this was... would be the Putium two thirty five. Electromodule, yes, I know. (laughs) But it it was fantastic, and especially that it was so scientifically accurate. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong on that, but they tried their ass off. That's what I've heard. I've heard that it's very like it's 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 more of a science science fiction movie, not a more emphasis on the science, less on the fiction. And it is, and it's and it's more about. There's so much hope in that movie, and it 
everything that I loved about that movie is all of the reasons why I did not like Gravity. Because that movie was just... Oh, I hated that. Oh, yes, I'm not alone. It's me and Jess. <laughs> no, I hated it. It looked pretty and all, but I just was like, you know what? I don't care. I don't... I just just float away and be done. <laughs> and then I was so angry at the end, and I was like, this is... Mm-mm. <laughs> I, uh, I, I agree. I didn't like it. I didn't like it either because uh, the character... It was like you go through one bad accident, and it's hopeless, and you're sure you're going to die, and you make it back. All right. And then another bad accident, and it's hopeless, and you think you're going to die, but you make it back. And then you're like, oh, I should just kill myself. What is wrong with you? <laughs> like, like from that point on, it's like, I have no sympathy for you whatsoever. Well, I wasn't a fan of the, I mean, obvi- well, screw spoilers. It's been out long enough. Yeah. Um, her, sur- well, First of all, the whole idea of her surviving what happened at the end when she crash lands, I was like, no way. Uh-uh. That's, <laughs> nuh-uh. And just, I got a really kind of, like, religious vibe underneath it, and that always kind of rubs me the wrong way. I have nothing against people who are religious. I'm just particularly not. And it just, I, I don't know. It was just something I was like, okay, don't just, just feel like you kind of have an agenda here at the end of this movie. And maybe that's just me. But I was not having it one way or the other. That's interesting. I didn't think about it that way, actually. I um, I was just, I mean, I, I saw it in 3D, so I'm like, ooh, the 3D's pretty. Ah. Yeah. You know, I so. watched it at home on my TV, yeah. like, by myself, just watching it. And I'm like, okay, this is really cool looking, but. Uh, well, I mean, no. yeah. Eugene, obviously <laughs> Jess and I are the odd people out on that review because it did gangbusters. And it was up for, wasn't it up for Best Picture? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Obviously, yeah. we're on the, uh. Uh, wrong side of the fence there, but Jess, I will say this though, I get what you're saying with the religious undertone and stuff, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. Hmm, I, I I agree with you on disliking it, and I didn't get a religious undertone. I got the opposite. In fact, I, I not an atheist undertone, but I just it, it just so friggin' hopeless. She just constant. She's was. trying to quit at every possible chance, and it's like, why did you go into space? the most deadly and anti-human environment that has ever existed. Maybe she just had a death wish the whole time. You don't have to go to space (laughs) for that, for crying out loud. Well, at any rate, the Martian (laughs) is the polar opposite of that. Like, no matter what bad thing happens to poor little Damon, he's like, screw it. He's like, screw it. Oh, I'm here, and I they can't come back for 400 days. Um, and I have 30 days of food. Okay, I'm going to have to grow some food. I'm going to solve this problem. That's what a scientist would do. They would not be like, oh, hopeless despair, emotional, give in, forget it. I'm going to, ju- I might as well just kill myself. No, he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to survive, damn it. And I loved that because it, that's what I would do, even though I'm a moron and couldn't figure out to do half the shit that he did. I still would friggin' try, you know, why not? Yeah. But ah, I just hate that hopeless attitude. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, uh, Eugene, back yeah. to you. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, we're going to get back into the Christmas theme again now. <laughs> In fact, most of my movies are going to be Christmassy type uh, themed. So uh, starting off with, I'm going to, because Jess talked about anthology, I'm going to continue on with that. Uh, I watched uh, Tales from the Crypt, the original 1972 Tales from the Crypt, directed by Freddie Francis. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anybody 
seen the original? I have, but, I have, but it's been so long, I don't remember what it was like, and it's on Netflix, so I re-added it. I, I just haven't got around to watching it. But wait, it. you got to be careful, though, which one's on Netflix. I have no is it idea. Edit? Is it the cut one, or is it the one, is it the... The good one. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, I've seen. This Did movie you watch so the Scream Factory times. one, Eugene? Yes, I have that All one. Right. The, the double, the double disc with Vault of Horror and Tales from the Crypt. It's yeah. such a good movie. Every, every story uh, for me, and this one works. Peter Cushing's in it, and so immediately, immediately, Peter Cushing elevates any movie. Um, but his surprisingly is not the best story of the bunch. The, and the reason that I watched it in December, and I watched this one. Uh, usually every December I watch it is the first segment and that stars Joan Collins Mm -hmm. and that's the the one where the uh, murderous wife gets a visit from a an insane asylum escapee that's dressed up like Santa Claus (laughs) Is it is it still called and all through because I know in the show the episode is and all through the house yes yes. is that what it's called it is and and I will say that the 80s Tales from the Crypt they do uh, their own version of it or the updated version and it's equally if not better than this one I loved that version uh, but but this here is every story there's as Jess said there's one of them that isn't quite as good and there's one that it's not quite as good but uh, if, this is such a cool setup too as far as just this group of people that are taking a tour in these catacombs and there's this guy there that starts telling stories and it oozes atmosphere and this to me is one of uh, the very best anthology movies ever made i think so it's fantastic i love it especially i was so excited when scream factory put out the uncut unmessed up version now is that the first time that it's been put out because i think i have the dvd down in my vault we have um, the one that I have, aside from the Screen Factory one, is on like a double thing. It's like one of those yeah. Midnight Madness DVDs, and that um, one is cut. But I don't know if the uncut one was out before that. There was another DVD version other than the Midnight Madness one. I don't hmm. know. I just am familiar with the one that I have, and that I know that that one's cut. Uh, and I know yeah. it was out on VHS, but I don't know whether or not that was cut or not. Yeah. And I will say that, that I haven't watched uh, Vault of Horror yet this year. I watched it last year. Uh, and it's it's almost as good as Tales from the Crypt. But Freddie Francis, I'm not sure if uh, Jess – I'm guessing that you probably have seen different movies from Freddie Francis. Yeah. Eric, uh, I think he is a great director. He made some great Hammer movies. And he also made some other anthology movies from Amicus. And uh, Amicus put out this series of anthology movies – Back in the late 60s, early 70s, to mm-hmm. kind of uh, to almost piggyback off of what Hammer was doing. And I'm a huge Hammer fan, but they did uh, Dr. Terror's House of Horrors from 65, uh, Torture Garden, House That Dripped Blood, then Tales from the Crypt, Asylum. Asylum was fantastic. And I Vault love of all Horror. of those. Oh, yeah, me too. And from, from Beyond the Grave, every single one of them is good. Some of them aren't as, quite as good as the others, but. Uh, like for me, Asylum, Vault of Horror, and Tales from the Crypt are the best of the bunch, but they're all they're all good. Uh, so I do anyway. love the House of Drip Blood, though. I love Christopher Lee in that movie. Yes, oh yes. And he yes. did. Uh, Freddie Francis also did the Evil Frankenstein. Yes, um, he did. So which yeah. that was that was the first Hammer movie that they did that actually looked like they actually were able to use the Frankenstein monster, like the one yeah. that, from the early. Uh, back in the you know 1920s. Yeah, it's not. I mean, I love Peter Cushing's 
or I'm sorry, I'm, I was looking at his name. So I Chris, Christopher Lee's Christopher yeah. Lee's Frankenstein because I mean it's it's creepy and I oh, I very really creepy. love yes. the way that he looks, but this one what does have the more traditional um, square universal forehead. yeah universal yeah. Yeah. look to it. Yeah, I thought that was a great movie. I think that's an underseen. Uh, 60s horror movie because it really holds up well. I have it on uh, import UK Blu-ray and it's it's kick-ass. I wanted to I look I wanted to see who played the creature in in it and because I didn't know and his name is Kiwi. <laughs> oh. Kiwi Kiwi Kingston. <laughs> Kiwi, perfect. Yeah, it goes with perfect. Just probably has been in nothing else, but yeah. <laughs> Kiwi Kingston is the is the monster in Evil Frankenstein. Just nice. so you know, and he's from New Zealand. So no way! Just perfect. Don't yes. of I just looked of it up, <laughs> and and I was correct. He actually did one other movie. Um, it, he did Evil Frankenstein in '64, and he did uh, Hysteria in 1965, and that was it. <laughs> oh, Hysteria! Now was that um... retire while you're on top? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, sure, that was also directed top. by Freddie Francis, and I Freddie think Francis. that that was another. Mm-hmm. It's another Hammer was... Amicus something yeah. or other. Yeah. Yeah, he did a whole yeah. bunch of, like, the Deadly Bees and oh, yeah. Nightmare. Yeah. and The Skull. I, yeah, I love those movies. I love them. Huge movies. Hammer fan. Oh, me too. Me too. I'd like to be if I could get a hold of any of their movies. Uh, I know. It's it's so hard to get. I mean, I know that a lot of their DVDs are out of print now in yeah. the States. And the Blu-rays, are they trickling out in the States? There's, there's some from Synopsy. But a lot of them are UK and Germany and Australia. Yeah, uh, I've got a couple, but they're I don't have a, a, a region free Blu-ray player. I have a region free DVD player, but not a region free Blu-ray player. So I actually have like two Hammer Blu-rays that I can't watch, but I have Ooh, them which, for one. Which I ones? Uh, I have. Oh shit! One of them is a, one of the Dracula movies, and I think I actually I think the Evil Frankenstein. Oh really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the Devil Rides Out. Just please tell me you've seen The Devil Rides Out. I with, haven't, with, but oh, I, I I know it's been it's on my so like two good. track down list forever, <laughs> and it's really hard to find. <laughs> it's such a for a Hammer movie. I mean, it's it's like wow, they're really going for it as far as the whole satanic type mm-hmm. uh, storyline. And Christopher Lee is actually a good guy in that movie, which is so rare, rare in anything that Christopher Lee does. It's like, oh, he's a good guy. Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> and, and, and and watching him, I'm like, oh, you don't even remotely feel like a good guy in this movie. You feel like you're trapped playing a good guy, but you really want to be a despicable evil asshole. <laughs> that's always how I feel when I see Vincent Price in non-like Vincent Price role, like bef- before he became what we know as Vincent Price. Yes. And you just see him and he's like, this is, what? This is yes. not you. Where's your mustache? Why don't you have your mustache? Why aren't you wearing yes. a really fancy house coat and yes. <laughs> making everyone uncomfortable? It's like you stop yes. by his house on a Sunday to try and sell him on a paper, and he's like, oh, it's my day off. Leave me alone. <laughs> yes. So anyway, I have rabbit trailed oh, way too much, but I when we are, whenever we get into these the 60s and 70s horror movies, it just, uh, it's my Oh, you're, you're fine. Yep. Just wheel horse. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jess, over to you. <laughs> Review. All right. So I'm going to backtrack a little bit because I had a couple from last week that I didn't get to, but these will be quick. Go ahead. Um, so I watched a documentary called The Final Member. <laughs> which... This has been <laughs> on... No, but it's been on the roulette a few times, and I it's been on my queue forever. I just haven't got around to it. All right. So for the audience who does not know, they or may not know, 
The final member is about the one and only Penis Museum, uh, located <laughs> 30 miles from the Arctic Circle <laughs> in Iceland. Um, oh and it's exactly what it sounds like. It, it is this man who he was, how it is explained, it's like a professor of his gave him a, I believe it was a walrus or some kind of aquatic animal penis as a joke, gift, um, and he became obsessed from there and just started collecting all kinds of penises from all kinds of different creatures. Um, eventually Otherwise known it, as it, the prequel to Mobius. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> eventually, um, it got a little bit out of his hand, out of hand, and his wife and Giggity. daughter were like, "You need to do something about these." So he opened a museum because, like you do, and <laughs> and his his whole the whole purpose of this documentary um, is his quest to find his one specimen that he has not been able to get, and that would be of the human bum, bum, bum. variety. So exactly. So I, I can hear you both go. Ah. Oh no! We've discussed this movie before. <laughs> yes, we have. So he goes on and he finds like he's got two candidates. One is this elderly man who's willing to, when he dies, donate his penis to the penis museum. And this other guy is an American who is totally nuts. One hundred, no pun intended. One hundred percent certifiable. <laughs> In my opinion, he um, his, his penis is named Elmo. Uh-huh. I don't know why. He wanted to donate it while he was still alive. Uh, because so pedophile. It, it just, right. Yeah. It just, <laughs> he um, well, his reasoning was that uh, he, that he is just loves women so much, and he's been so like just uh, so many like women have 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 used him or whatever uh-huh. broken his heart too many times that he feels that if he gets rid of his penis then he won't be distracted by women anymore and i'm like yeah that's your problem he's a screaming pedophile <laughs> that's what it, that's what i'm hearing yeah i have too much and... sex with too many women i have to get my penis lobbed <laughs> off who i named elmo but he um <laughs> he halfway through it he gets like the the head of it tattooed in stars and stripes because america Ugh. America, yeah, there we yeah. go. Yeah. And it's just, it goes back and forth, and it's a very interesting documentary. It's only 75 minutes, so it's, I mean, you may as well. I mean, there's only one documentary about the only penis museum, so why not? And it's it's interesting to see just, like, how the, the museum got started and what it does and everything. And it's it's just this these people's story, this guy's story, and he gets, there's some, like, some weird, like, drama that happens between the guy that owns the museum and the guy with with Elmo. <laughs> There's weird drama between the two. Like wow. one guy going, "Can I have your penis, please?" And the other guy's like, "Well, he gets upset, and it's like you know, you're like, uh, and the one, the uh, spoiler alert, the the older guy does end up dying. Uh, um, he 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 died during the making of the film of the film, so he his penis is the one that ends up getting chosen." Um, over the guy who's still alive. Oh, I know. Uh, Sorry, America. Wow. <laughs> and but it was fun. It was, it was seventy-five minutes. I had a sprained ankle, and I was like, "Well, I can't move, so I'm just gonna watch a bunch of crap that was in my queue forever." And that was it. And I, it, it was worth at least one one watch. Well, rarely rarely does the old guy get to step up and be the chosen one. It's usually the young buck with a lot of fire under his belly who you know <laughs> has, has to commit and be the one, but. I guess in this case, Morpheus got to put put the wang on display. 
Yep. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, wow. Did you have another one you were going to do? Oh, yes. Um, I watched Stung mm. Uh, mm. as part of my movies I need to catch up on through 2015. And Stung is just a giant killer wasp movie. Wasps become genetically mutated by blah, blah, blah. <laughs> they start to sting people. And this is the only thing that I didn't quite uh, that I don't know if I missed in the movie. Have you guys seen it? Yeah, we both watched. I it. I thought you guys are. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so when the the wasp stings the person, does is it implanting another wasp inside? Because what happens is you know the wasps then get human sized and they burst out of the human. But I didn't understand the transfer process of how that actually comes I, I, to me. Oh, I didn't care. I. <laughs> <laughs> Did you yeah. like it, Jess? You know what? I was pleasantly surprised. I went in with super duper low expectations, like because it, well, <laughs> yeah. because facts. <laughs> yes, I, I was <laughs> because, <laughs> because facts. science and, <laughs> but you know, I was thinking something that it would be more along the lines of something from sci-fi original or Asylum or something like that, where it would be really really shitty CGI. Yeah. And stuff like that. And I was pleasantly surprised by actually the use of practical effects in it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I thought it was pretty funny. I mean, Lance Henriksen is always a blast. I enjoy watching him and whatever. And I thought that, you know, the the dialogue and everything between the the main girl and the main guy, some of it was pretty funny. And I I would give it at least, uh, for me, I like creature features. I like, I will watch that stuff. I've watched Sharknado and, you know, they're not good, but... (laughs) I'll watch giant monster movie, giant bug movie, no problem. And this one, not as bad as I anticipated. I'm not going to watch it again. I don't need to. But eh, for a rainy afternoon, it was nice, mindless entertainment. I agree. The the only part for me where it fell apart was about uh, the last five or ten minutes um, where they're driving like down the road. Like when they're driving road, away? That, yeah, that's when they had the bad CGI flame bugs yeah. yeah it gets really bad and you know the whole set the the end set up with i don't know if we were supposed to like are you really gonna make a stung too i don't think so <laughs> stung no. the, hey, wh- the revenge why not they're better know. than most of the, it was better than most of the asylum or most of the That's asylum is yes. better than most of the sci-fi originals so that is like yeah exactly so i mean too. i why not comes to yeah. netflix one day i will watch it yep agreed Okay, I'm going to do another quick uh, doubleheader. We're getting on in time, so uh, this won't take long. Voyage to the Prehistoric Planet. I assume this would be a mystery science theater, and it may be, but it's not one that I've ever seen, and this was part of the box set that John bought me because he's an ass Mm -hmm. and likes to make me watch (laughs) bad movies. And, you know, other... It was surprisingly watchable in the very bad 60s, 70s, uh, sci-fi movie sort of way. You got weird Robbie the Robot-ish guy going, burr, 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 I'm a robot. And then uh, <laughs> uh, they land on this planet. That's I think it's supposed to be Venus, but it's like 900 degrees on Venus, so you'd be dead instantly. Um, and they just kind of walk around like it's another planet, and it's no <laughs> big deal. Visit a lot of alien creatures and plants that uh, attack in different ways. And it's cool. Um, worth a watch. I... I <sighs> I don't know if the film was not processed properly or I just have the worst transfer of all time, but everything was red and not, not like red on purpose, just like red filter. Like what was that one that was on the roulette? I watched Uh angry red, red planet. Yes. Angry. Red. Yeah. They did yeah. this red filter thing on purpose and 
it was uh, god awful. Okay. It was like looking at it through a grocery bag, uh, a red grocery bag. <laughs> this was more like the film wasn't pro- processed properly. And so it had a red tint to it. And that sucked. Uh, but other than that, it was watchable as far as being a classic old bad sci-fi movie. And I enjoyed that. Um, next up, Gotham Season 1. We finished up Season 1. And it is good. I'm really enjoying it. I feel like it has hit its stride. And I can't wait to watch Season 2. See, I'm glad you agree, because I didn't watch Gotham originally because I had heard, eh, it's boring, it's, uh, blah, blah, blah. it's bad. And I still hear that even with the second season, but I've been wa- I binge-watched the whole first season, I'm like, that was good. I thought, I I enjoyed it. I don't know why, whatever, I don't know if it's the benefit of binge-watching or what. But... I, I don't know. I, I enjoy, I, we were watching only about an episode a night, and I... We both really dug it. It's not perfect. It has its flaws. You're going, come right. on, get Batman. Let's have some Batman. Get older quicker. And, like, <laughs> let's start doing Villain of the Week. That would be good. And uh, Instead of... That's what I think this second season is, because it's like Rise of the Villains, and I'm like, that's what everything I Everything I've heard is that. And the only thing, like, I recommended it to Eugene, um, but my only hesitation there is Penguin. And... I love Penguin, Penguin, but my wife doesn't. She's like, uh, he's irritating. And I'm like, that's Penguin. He's supposed to be that way. And this guy is playing him perfectly. And I love it. Uh, But maybe that's not everyone's cup of tea. So I think Eugene would go either way on that one. I I don't know. So, like, if you would put this up against uh, Daredevil. And again, I'm a... No. 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 That's okay. a. I think with I think that's a whole different ballgame because with the Netflix original, like the Netflix versions of the superheroes, they're going for much more of a dark, more adult way, and Gotham is still kind of that Playful. like okay, yeah, this is still like this is still pretty suitable for most ages. Yes. Whereas Daredevil and Jessica Jones are very much okay. and I'm like, like five very six much adult. episodes into Jessica Jones, and it is way more adult than uh, Daredevil. Right? And, Ooh, wow. Even Daredevil was... Uh... Well, it's with the sex and not so much the violence. Yeah, there's a lot it's of a sex. It's a lot of sex. Uh, there's, I mean, Daredevil, I was like, no, Addy, you're not going to watch that. It's too violent. With this one, it's way too much sex. Um, and with Jessica Jones, I got to mm. tell you, so far, I might like this better than Daredevil. I absolutely do not think Eugene will have that review. Um, so I'm not pushing it on you. Oh, really? Now, why is that? Just... Uh... It's a lot more uh, drama thriller based, but I believe that it's going to be building to something way more uh, dramatically intense than Daredevil got to. Mm. Um, And Daredevil is much more accessible. This is more like going in for the long con, if that makes any sense. Gotcha. Boy, I'm loving it. And it's like the anti-boy movie. (laughs) It very, which very is much what is. makes it so great. <laughs> I, the the best tweet I read last week was this guy that said, "I'm a couple episodes into Jessica Jones, and it's like girls doing girl stuff, and girls this and girls that, and the boys are all like eye candy or they're bad guys." Uh, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, wait, that's what that feels like. Yeah. And I was like, yes, that's why. And that was after the first episode. I was like, yes, that's why I love this. That's great. I love the role reversal. And I love that there's a show. I don't know. There's a show doing this. That's where we live right now. That's crazy. The time we live in. Um, but, and that, you know, there's a part of that too. That's like a uh, shock value because it's 
the Marvel's going dark as hell. And the only place that they're dark as hell is in these Netflix originals. Because it's not in the yeah, movies. Not... Oh, everything else. It's mm-hmm. candy canes coated. <laughs> but in their Netflix originals, holy shit, are they going dark. So, And I love it. I do too. I'm not a big fan of the Marvel candy coated blah, blah, blah. It's fun. I appreciate it for what it is, but I don't need a whole bunch of it all the time. I want something that's more compelling. And I find I haven't even watched Daredevil because I was like, ah, I'm tired of the superheroes. It's just going to be the same, like, jokey, tongue-in-cheek, like, oh, oh we're just going to make a bunch of reference, blah, blah, blah. But now that i watch watched Jessica Jones, I'm like, i got to watch Daredevil. Yeah. You should. You should. It is good. Yeah. It, yeah it's good. I, I'm, I'm enjoying Jessica Jones very much. But Eugene, I don't know. I could see you coming and going, going, ah, not enough, not enough, soup, not enough Daredevil type. Yeah. action. I but. don't know, but it's pretty evil though. <laughs> oh, it's, it's so evil, but it's one of those shows, it, you gotta hang with it. Yeah. It, it's good to get there. Do you guys know, is it doing good? Is, is... Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah, a everybody lot. seems to love really? it. Really? Okay. It's yeah. getting rave reviews from everyone. Yep. And I'm, nice. I'm loving it too. <laughs> now, is is the next season of Daredevil, they're gonna have um, is Punisher? The, Punisher's gonna be in, okay. I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait for season two of Daredevil. I burned through that season in probably a week. Yeah. Uh, it's just like every day was one or two episodes, kind of like how I do with uh, Game of Thrones. It's, okay, I'm, it's my obsessive compulsiveness. I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> boom, 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 yep. boom, 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 done. <laughs> I know. I wish you could reel it in just a hair, but you just uh, I know. Especially, I, yeah, especially with Game of Thrones, it's like I binge watch that shit. Yeah. So, anyway. It's, I'm, dude, I'm totally digging Jessica Jones, but it's a total different flavor than, than Daredevil in a way. In a way it's the same, but in a way it's not because it's, it's so much more like thriller drama driven than it is like, like action beat em up. And Daredevil's a little more action beat em up, but it's still very dark. Are, now, are they referencing any of the other Marvel universe? In... Oh, absolutely! They're always talking about the big green guy and mm-hmm. the 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 event and or the incident that happened. And, okay, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, which which they did that in uh, in Daredevil as well. Yeah, but I would say they do a little more in Jessica Jones, but uh, I don't know. It but just, not annoyingly so. No, and it's it's just a different take. Like uh, they're very vague on how she got her abilities, and Luke Cage is in it as. And Power Man just kicks ass. Everything he does is awesome. I that, that's been my favorite bit so far, because he's such a badass. Uh, <laughs> comic nerd getting carried away. Let's move on. We started with Gotham. We're way derailing. Uh, Eugene, last round. Okay, um, and I, go for it. Whatever you have, lay it out there. Um. Oh boy. Well, uh, first of all, let me ask. So we're going to be doing more Christmas holiday themed movies. Uh, yeah. I've got a bunch of holiday ones already. I'm tempted to to hold off on them. I'm uh, planning on watching a bunch of them um, coming up here soon, so maybe we can just do like a whole yeah. Kinda That's fine. Ne- next deal. Co- next couple weeks is when I start my holiday stuff. Uh, so if okay. you want to hold off the Christmas stuff uh, for for a pot or two, we can do that. Because okay. Next week will be top 100. Week after that will be. Christmas. Christmas. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I was, I'd like to talk about Die Hard, but I'm like, ah, oh, we should, that, we should wait. Yeah. And so let's <laughs> wait a little bit on Die Hard. We'll have so. a nice little movie freak Christmas episode. Yes, that's right. <laughs> um, okay. So, so um, you know, because uh, th- this is going to be a little bit different, but I wanted to chime in on this just because I started playing this. I'm going to actually talk about a video game that I started playing. 
So I got a PlayStation 4. It's on, it was, there was a good sale on them, and I had some Best Buy points. So I'm like, okay, time to get a PlayStation 4. So uh, I don't like to spend tons of money on new games, so I go for the games that have been out for a year. So I picked up uh, Alien Isolation. And the reason that I want to talk about Alien Isolation briefly here is I just started playing it before the podcast. And um, I'll tell you, I, I'm not sure where video games are going in the future, but I'm to the point where it's like you are literally playing a movie at this point uh-huh. when you play video games. And especially with this Alien game, I'm like, I am walking around in on the set of Ridley Scott's Alien in this. <laughs> And I, you know, it, it's so amazing, uh, and and already, and I haven't seen an alien yet. I just started playing it, but I'm like, I'm already scared, and it's, uh, and I, I haven't seen anything other than me walking around these corridors and hearing these little beeps and boops from the <laughs> '70s computer. You know how you know how yeah. it is, and yeah. Um, but I'm just curious how things are going to go in you know 15 years from now. How are video games going to be? Uh, existence all... is how they're yes. going to be. <laughs> yes, yeah, that you plug in and you're actually walking around the Nostromo and you're... Um, anyway, I just, I, it's fantastic. I can't wait to keep playing this game. And I know it's not a movie, but this is oh, the closest fine. thing to, to a movie. May as well be. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's movie-related. It's alien. Yeah, and so I thought you guys would get a kick out of that just because it's uh, it's alien and it's good. Really, really good. So, anyway... My my gaming got derailed by a couple of years because I had a couple of kids. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, they're just getting to the age now where I give them uh, controllers that are broken, and they'll let me. <laughs> we'll all sit they on the couch. They pretend they're playing. Yeah, they're they're playing too, and we all sit on the couch, and I can play my PS3 games, of which I have about six that I haven't even popped in yet. Uh, so I have so much life left on my PS3 that I just can't quite justify getting a ps4 i'll probably skip yeah. a generation here and go ps5 <laughs> uh, <laughs> that'll but, probably end up what happens to me yeah just do you have a, do you have any game consoles um my well i had a ps3 for the longest time and then it died and i was sad um yeah me too but my friend actually he just got they just got a ps4 so they were like hey do you want our ps3 and i'm like yes <laughs> oh nice oh no kidding so i just got a ps3 like yes uh sunday um, so I got to go back and get some new, some more games. Well, some games cause I don't have them anymore. Cause when my PS3 died last year, I was like, well, I'll just sell some of these games for some extra cash. Yeah. Um, I get, I get real derailed with games. I very rarely finish them because I get so infuriated <laughs> with certain things. <laughs> and I'm like, too. I just can't play this oh, game anymore. Me too. <laughs> But Sky, um, Skyrim was the last game that I really, oh. really, really invested, like, half of my life into. And I really am tempted to get it again, but I don't know if I have enough time to be willing to, like, throw myself fully into it again. But I like, the, what, what I, is I like it called? just sitting I, I, down a, it's, Skyrim. It's uh, Elder, Scrolls. Elder Scrolls. It's oh. an RPG. Uh, John gave me a copy of it, and I haven't started it yet because that's it's a so that's, it's a 100-hour game. Oh. Easily. Yeah. I'm I'm deep into I mean uh, more than that probably. Yeah. There's so many side quests. I mean, aside from your main quest, there are so many different kind of groups you can join and do all these different there's one that was my favorite, it was called the Dark Brotherhood, where you basically just went around and you committed like you, you were like an assassin. Mm-hmm. You were just went out to go murder a bunch of different people. It's so um, and it's, beautiful. It's, it's impossible to play these games when you have kids, young kids. Uh-huh. It's impossible. I got, I'm neck deep into Kingdom Hearts right now. I got the HD version for PS. I want to play that again too. 
Well, and I got so stuck on it the first time, but I uh, like when it was on PS2, and then I managed to get by it on this HD version, and now I'm like just uh, up to my neck See, in it. That's a good example of things I get infuriated. With. Yeah, yeah, me too. Holy <laughs> shit! Just, I'm trying to jump from one place to another. I'm like, this is, should not be this oh, difficult. Why are there pla- why is there it, platforming yeah. in this game at all? It <laughs> makes me want to scream. Well, for me, like I played an hour uh, of Alien. I'm like, I cannot believe I just played one full hour of a video game and I am with kids. I mean, they, they were yeah. not in the same room, but it's like, Eric is right with kids. It's like, everything is infinitely harder. And so I'm like, I hope I made the right choice getting a video game console because I got kids, but I, I, the wire, I really, the wireless controllers help a lot for yes. one. So awesome. for two. Yeah. I got kingdom hearts, which is basically final fantasy crossed with Disney. Yeah. Uh, so they're like, Goofy, Mickey Mouse, yeah. Winnie the Pooh—they're yeah. you know—they're like I this recognize. is this, yeah, this is cool, and I'm like yeah, yeah, shut up, kid. Nightmare Before yeah, Christmas, yeah. I'm killing shit with Jack yes. Skellington. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Daddy didn't mean to kill Zero. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it, it is amazing though how like I'm at the height of a boss battle, and it's like I, this is it. This is the time I'm gonna beat him, and that's when the kid jumps up on the couch, up in the air. Both legs right on my nuts. <laughs> battle lost, dad in pain, total nightmare. And, yes. Uh, Kids uh, like that was fun. Yeah. Killington, happy happy Halloween. Yeah, it's it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm oh, oh it's yeah. it's so frustrating. I get yeah. I get very worked up anyway. Yeah. But yeah, I not to derail, but I just video games and and movies are like they go hand in hand for me. Mm-hmm. And uh and some of my best memories are of like the first time that I watched certain movies and then of like the time where <clears throat> where Eric and my cousin and I we would get together at midnight and like this was after, you know, we whatever was going on in the evening on the weekends was done. And then it's like, okay, now the evening begins. And then we get together at midnight and then we would get just shit faced and amongst, (laughs) amongst other things and play video games till dawn, literally. And it was fantastic. And it's like, that's like soul caliber, the soul of history. Yes. It was, uh, That yeah. small portion in, uh, you know, like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, that was just irreplaceable. So yep. much fun. It was. And it's, I, I'm, I'm, I've kept all of my shit, Jess. I, under, I totally understand you selling all of your games and everything. Yeah. But I've always, here's what happened. Uh, back in, when I was in middle school, dating myself, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was sick of always having the old system. Because I always right. had shit way later than everybody else, so I said, you know what? I'm gonna borrow money. It's always from, how I am. Yeah, I'm gonna borrow money from my dad. I'm gonna get the latest, greatest, hottest thing. And this was pre-internet, so you couldn't look for reviews or anything. So I went out. I borrowed four hundred dollars from my dad, and for it, hey, the price was cut in half. I have to jump on this now. Borrowed four hundred dollars from my dad, and I got a Panasonic 3DO. <sighs> And about three months later, they went bankrupt, and it was completely <laughs> worthless. <Ouch. laughs> but it was basically the first PlayStation. Um, oh, okay. And you know what? I went to trade it in, and they're like, "We'll give you like I don't know, forty bucks and a fucking hot dog." And I was yeah. like, <laughs> "Just screw it. I'll just keep. I'll just keep the damn thing." And 
I have done that ever since. I still yeah. have my Atari 2600. I still have my original Nintendo. I still have, yeah, I have every single Nintendo. system I've ever bought and all the games. Unless it's a game so god-awful that I'm like, I will never play it again. Right. <laughs> I've kept everything. And I. They, it all still works. I can't wait to show it to my kids. But unfortunately, wired controllers will mean... I bobble around with my sausage legs and kick your controller out and yeah, <laughs> shit's yes. flying off the shelves. It's no good. Um, anyway, sorry to, to derail. That's all right. That's, a, yeah. that's all right. Sorry. I, I, I tend to run away on your derails. Uh, Jess, last round for you. All right. So my last two things I got here, they were both on Hulu. Um, one, I just kind of watched because I'd never seen it and I thought, why not? So I watched Wicker Park. With have either of you seen it? Wicker Park no. with with Josh Hartnett and Matthew Lillard. It's like like real nineties, maybe early two thousands. Basically, Josh Hartnett is this guy who wanted to be a photographer, but then he kind of like sold out, and went all corporate. Um, but before then, he had met this amazing, wonderful girl. Uh, was gonna you know wanted to marry her or whatever. They got separated due to circumstance. He thought she just walked out on him, but it turns out to be something else. So he's two years later, moves back, thinks he keeps seeing her in these different places. So he totally bails on this girl that he's supposed to be getting married to, which I she looked familiar and I looked her up. And it's if either of you watched Mad Men, yeah. Megan Draper. Yes. Mm. Very early Megan Draper. Mm-hmm. Um and he he goes on to find you know try and find her and it's a it's a whole like they keep narrowly missing each other kind of thing serendipity um, yeah basically but it, it's it's really super overcomplicated because it's like him Matthew Lillard this girl Matthew Lillard is dating and this girl that Josh Hartnett is trying to find are all and end up all being connected and it's just the most like this there's no way that all that this any of this is plausible at all <laughs> um but for what it was being kind of like you're 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 really like 90s romance it was fine for what it was and i i'm i'm kind of a, i'm i'm a little i'm a little bit of a crybaby when it comes to movies so at the end spoilers they they do end up getting back together so i had like little no happy tears <laughs> i know imagine that. they learn a lesson about life and love yeah. yep mm-hmm. exactly <laughs> but on a completely other note but still very 90s i watched freeway with Reese, Reese oh. Witherspoon and Kiefer Sutherland. Now, how was that? I'm that, really that's curious. That's a movie that I always feel like I've watched and can't remember. Is it? All right, so I had never seen it before, and I don't know why. It is the trashiest trash, trash movie I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm interested um, already. With with big with I mean like with with the people that's in it. Um, so we've got Reese Witherspoon, who's probably one of her very very first movies. Um real still heavy accent real southern heavy accent and also she's supposed to be kind of a trailer trash so she's really working like working up her accent there and it's basically a take on it's a really really weird take on uh red riding hood so basically reese witherspoon's mom who is amanda Plummer, uh she's a hooker (laughs) (laughs) and she gets arrested and her stepdaddy gets arrested too for for doing crack and so she's like, I don't want to go off, you know, I don't want to go back in the system. I don't want to be a foster kid again. I'm going to go find my grandma who's on my, on my real dad's side of the family. And she shows a picture of her real dad and it's a picture of Richard Speck. 
Okay. <laughs> yes. Um, so she goes She goes on her way to go find Grandma, and meanwhile, there is a freeway killer happening. So, like, she goes out. You can, you can automatically assume what's coming from there. She goes out on the freeway. Her car breaks down. She gets picked up by Kiefer Sutherland, who is the freeway killer. And there, it's just, it's all just insane, batshit, weird. It's the weirdest toned movie I have ever seen, because when I first clicked on it to watch it it opens up with her trying to read something on a school board and it's it's the word cat and she's trying to read it and i'm like is this supposed to be funny or is she really like am i watching am i watching a serious movie where reese witherspoon is mentally disabled in some way (laughs) should i be laughing at this it's a pitch black comedy um to the pitchiest of blackiest so Kiefer Sutherland lost his shit after the vanishing and decided to start killing people on his own. Basically. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, and it just, it's insane. And it's, quote, it, it, there are so many people in it. Brooke Shields is in it for all of 30 seconds for some reason. Brittany Murphy is in it. Uh, I have a whole oh, big wow. thing. Oh, wow. Brittany Murphy. Here. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dan Hadia. Uh, Brooke, like I said, Brooke Shields. Britney Spears. Bokeem. I can't remember his last name, but he was in the, he's in the newest Woodbine. season of Fargo. Yes. Bokeem Woodbine. And it's just, it's like character after actor after character actor. Mm-hmm. And it's just endlessly quotable. It's absolutely hilarious. And one of my, my favorites is dear God, that was so fucking bad, but was that a loss? So I just left it up to you. <laughs> 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 and this is after she's like beat the ever loving shit out of Kiefer Sutherland for trying to kill her. Mm-hmm. And they're just, just so, I, I really, really want you both Have you seen to watch this. SFW? So you liked it. Oh yeah. I thought it was great. It's absolutely hilarious. And did I see what? SFW. No. What is uh, that? Hmm. Uh, that is a oof, strange little movie with, uh, I believe, yeah, that's Reese Witherspoon as well. Hold on a sec. SFW? Yes, that is a weird little 90s grunge movie. Ooh, it's Steven Dorff. Steven Dorff and... Oh, yes, that one, yep. I love that movie, and I always kind of in a weird way associate Freeway with that, because it's like, it looks like maybe it's one of those 90s gems. Yeah, Um, like, this just kind of out of nowhere, it's it's really, and I mean, Kiefer Sutherland is, is a an awful serial. I mean, he's like necrophilia, all just every possible worst characteristic of a serial killer, killer all wrapped into one. But I, you just keep laughing, no. and it's like I should not be laughing at this, but I cannot help myself. <laughs> and evidently, there's a sequel. Um, that's that's another take on. A, it's like instead of Red Riding Hood, it's Hansel and Gretel. And it's got Natasha Leone in it, and instead of breadcrumbs, they leave crack rocks <laughs> oh my as God. a trail. Nice. So I'm gonna have to track that that down. But if either of you can track down Freeway, either I mean, I watched it on Hulu, but it might be it's uh, probably it's on, on YouTube. I think or it's Netflix. Oh, really? oh, is it on Netflix? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. I could be wrong. It's one of those that comes and goes. It's more than likely on YouTube. You could probably yeah. find some stream of that, but you okay. you guys need to watch it because it's hysterical. And that is that's one that I have been wanting to watch for a long time, uh, but it it's just kind of fell through the cracks and like eh, yeah. Well, now I've now I've heard a reliable review. There you go. I'm glad I I could assist you. 
Yes. Much like SFW. You should definitely check that one I'm, out. I'm going to find that because that I've just, I'm reading about it right now and I, <laughs> I, I need to see it. It's far cooler than any synopsis could possibly lead you to believe. <laughs> I, I was shocked how much I enjoyed that movie. I loved it. But that is my wheelhouse of 90s grunge, whatever. Uh, that's yeah. me. Uh, okay, I got one more I want to throw in for this episode and then we'll wrap it up. And be done. I know we're going long again, but uh, that's the way it is. Uh, the Last Witch Hunter, Vin Diesel, uh, oh. writes up his uh, uh, Dungeons & Dragons character into a movie. <laughs> oh, that's probably a thing. Uh, and it is. Um, it ran out of theaters as fast as it's humanly possible into the Dollar Theater, where I should surely be safe, because nobody saw this movie. Um and for the first 10 to 15 to 20 minutes, I was safe. And then a couple came in and sat a couple rows ahead of me. And then another couple came in and they were <laughs> assholes. Gigantic whale of a pail tubs of popcorn they hauled in with them. And maybe I'm just a little bitter because they walked in 15 minutes into the movie and then went, hey, as loud as they could in the back row so that I jumped out of my seat, scared the shit out of me. <laughs> Um, and then wandered down to about the fifth row and then were on their cell phone, which they had to hold up high over their head for the entire God. movie. And I found that if I crouched when all you just the way down, things at them. I, yeah. I thought about it. The only problem was there was four people in the theater and <laughs> you just point to somebody yeah. else. And say, I don't know what happened. A scrawny <laughs> white boy in the back was not, no, they were friends with the other people. It was just, uh, yeah. That's so, why they yeah, it would have been me. It would have been me. They, they would have yeah. known. <laughs> so my options were go complain to the people and miss part of the movie, but then they'd settle down and then we're okay from it. If I crouched all the way down to where my six foot two ass, big ass head was down <laughs> below the seat rim and I put my arm up at just the right place. I could block out the cell phone and they would shut up. But then they didn't even bother to put their phone on vibrate. So the whole movie, blink. Blink, blink. Wow. Wow. <sighs> With 15 minutes left to go in the film, I gave up and left. And on my way out, told the ticket lady, yeah, I really fucking hate people on their cell phones. Yep. Um, <laughs> normally, if you listen to the show, you know, I, <laughs> I will get my money back. I always demand my money back. But you know what? There was 15 minutes left in the movie. It's too late. I'll just let it go. And it mm -hmm. was a free ticket from The Martian because yeah. we had to switch theaters. You so you know what? That's okay. Uh, as for the actual movie review itself, do you know how everybody hates Constantine with Keanu Reeves? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not one of those people. That movie kicks ass. I really like it. Uh, so far, really like The Last Witch Hunter. I may really? Be, I may be the only one, but... Uh, you know, I felt like I, I, speaking of witch hunter and not liking that Hansel and Gretel witch hunter movie, mm -hmm. I watched it on Netflix, like just at home and it wasn't terrible. I was oh like, no, that was enjoyable. And, it, and I heard it got like shit the whole time. Yep. I talked yeah. Eugene into watching that one. Uh, that was another thumbs up for me. Yeah. And Eugene liked it as well. Uh, Constantine, yeah. that movie kicks ass. I, I know oh, a yes, lot of people hate it, but I think it's really fun and good it, I it doesn't i saw it when it came out but i don't really remember a whole lot of it, so i think i think i need to check that, that one there um I, I i liked it and the uh the guy that they cast as satan in constantine he steals every movie he's in 
He's the best part of that movie. <laughs> Peter Stormare. He is the 21st yeah. century Robert Loja. He's so good. <laughs> and he was so good as Satan in in Constantine. And I say that as somebody who is a fan of the Constantine comic book. I'm so sick of them mispronouncing his name. He has spelled it out in the comic book multiple times. His name is Constantine. But Time. still, they're like, hmm. Constantine, even in this new TV show they had out just recently, Constantine, Constantine, its name is Constantine, you bastards. Uh, <laughs> but I'll take what I can get, and even a not-blonde-haired Keanu Reeves, that was still an enjoyable movie, even though it doesn't have a lot of resemblance to the comic book, which is far superior. Um, horrible derail, but nonetheless, Last Witch Hunter... I was enjoying it. If you enjoyed... Actually, it's so funny, Jess, that you bring up that Hansel and Gretel movie. If I was going <laughs> to say The Last Witch Hunter is a thing, it's com a combination of Constantine and that. Hmm. That's... I might have to check it out. I haven't seen the last 15 minutes, but so... I, you know, <laughs> uh, the, the previous hour 20, I was in. I, I was enjoying it. Was it... So was it, like, comical? Because to me... Uh, Hansel and Gretel was kind of a comedy, yeah. Type. No, it wasn't. It it wasn't comedy silly action. It was adventure. more. Yeah. It was more Constantine. Okay. More serious. Yeah, in tone. a little more serious in tone, but it had its. I mean, it it was tongue in cheek. I mean, he's got Vin Diesel in it. He's always got to have some kind of like. But he was he was playing it tongue smart assy line tongue in cheek a little yeah. bit enough that you like okay we're not the most serious thing in the world but it's not as silly ridiculous as Hansel and Gretel. Right. Uh, okay, we need to wrap this up. We're on two hours already. Uh, anything wow. else you guys Time would flies. like to add? Yeah, no kidding. Um, what hmm. else? Well, oh, well, I can, since they're going to plug us, I can plug them. I was on the Spoils of Akron podcast earlier today um, talking about the nightlight um, and variety of things to do in Akron. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be nice and share a movie freaks link when that episode goes up. So follow them and they're, they're a cool group of people. Mm -hmm. Um, and we got a new movie opening up at the nightlight called R room, not the, not, not the room. Be clear Very about different. that. <laughs> yeah. It is just room, just one word. Um, and it's actually, we're doing a double booking of that. Um, so it's going to be the only movie that we have for next week when it opens up on Friday. Wow. No kidding. Um, wow. It'll be the only one that we're showing. But so this week is the last week to catch Monty Python and the Holy Grail. If you haven't been out to see it, you can come out and see it. You can get your own kind of Monty Python official coconuts. Mm -hmm. So if that's more of a, a, a draw, come on out. And, and, our, and our drink special. And our drink special, the elderberry juice, which is delicious, by the way. <laughs> Excellent. Eugene, anything for you? Um, I will say that tomorrow, if all goes well, I'm going to take my son to his first movie in the movie theater. Yay! Yes, so How old gonna, is he? Uh, he is five, and we're going to go watch a Charlie Brown movie. Nice. Or Peanuts yeah, movie. Peanuts movie? Yeah, yes. Right. My first movie in the theater was Mrs. Doubtfire, and I fell asleep. <laughs> oh, as well you should have. Yeah, already your good taste was pre presiding it over. It was like, no, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> mine was Empire Strikes Back, which was amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, mine was uh, The Rescuers. Ooh, that's oh, a good that's one. not bad. Yeah, that's, that's Oh, good. it's a great movie, but I'm just friggin' A-old. That's all. And that movie was from, um, like, the 50s, and this, that was, like, a triple repeat that it was coming oh, back to yeah. theaters. <laughs> 
Uh, okay, we got to wrap this up. Oh yeah, it, <laughs> there's so much uh, movie uh, talk ahead of us in future pods, so hang around. Um, as always, you can get a hold of us at moviefreakspod at yahoo.com, and please visit our friends Cinema Sidekicks and Cinema Soft Underbelly, both on iTunes. And remember, friends, vote Skynet for a safer, fairer, human-free world. Uh, I'm Eric Marner. I'm Jim Weaver. I'm Jess Hicks. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening.